How's it going, Yamitators? Episode 77 with Jackie Cation. This one was great. We nerded out about a lot of stuff. We talked about stand-up a lot. We got into uh, how long she's been doing comedy. She says she counts the 80s as one year. Um, So, yeah, yam yam it up with me and Jackie Cation. Um, Go to facebook.com slash yamitat with Doug Culp. Go to iTunes and Stitcher, whatever you're listening to this on, and rate and review, please. It, it will help the show, just help get the word out. Um, go to yamatat.com. I've got a PayPal link up there for America and Australia. The top one is um, United States, and the one right below it is Australia. If you want to contribute to the show, that would be amazing. Um, we'll give like donor shout-outs and stuff. Um, let's see. Yes, May, it's fine. I'm doing an intro right now. Um, it's the, it's the house cat. Yes, yes. So, um, Duplex Comedy Suplex has been going really well. We had Chris Charpentier, Mike Schmidt, Hassan Ahmad, and Brianna Murphy last night. And next week we have Devin Field, Ian Abramson, Neil Nanda, and Mo Welch. Come out to the show, tell people about it. And it's a, it's a good time, guys. Just uh, just come out to DCS. My Twitter is at Dougathan, D-O-U-G-A-T-H-A-N. Show's Twitter is at Yamatat, Y-A-M-A-T-A-T. So yam it up, yam, yam, yam it up with me and Jackie Cation. Perhaps you wrote it, or you ran something out of your house in San Diego? Right. I called it Our Apartment Comedy Show because I lived in an apartment then. Right. And, um, what do you call it now? Duplex, duplex comedy suplex. <laughs> duplex comedy suplex. Yeah. I see a pattern. Yeah. Nice yeah, I wrote a theme song and everything. Oh, very well played. Well yeah. Played. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there is a show tonight. It's every Thursday. Hey, are we recording? Yeah. Uh, this is the greatest <laughs> screen monitor ever. <laughs> right. You're like, yeah, we're just gonna have this on. <laughs> well, the reason why I have it up is because there's been a couple episodes where it would just stop recording for oh, for no reason way. yeah this way i'm the producer yeah. and the host right so there's no way for you not to know that yeah. it's not going well that's i didn't have uh i recorded an episode yesterday with uh retta yeah she um i i wasn't my mic wasn't on for the first five minutes oh boy very annoying <laughs> super annoying nothing to be done <laughs> So you were like, She's a handbag sorry. dork. Sorry. Oh, handbag yeah? dork. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some people collect certain things. You really gotta kind of come around because they don't want to talk about the dork right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, there was a guy uh, it was a couple of years ago who was, on, who was an action figure guy. Okay. And he told me he bought, spent $16,000 on an action figure. Wow. And I like, and I had one action her, figure. Yeah, and a beautiful, beautiful Shogun Warrior. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? And, uh, but it, I mean, it's his money. Do whatever you want with it, right? And then, so I, was, I had to tell her that story so that she would tell me the most expensive handbag she had ever bought. Yeah. And it was, I don't remember what brand it was, but it was it was at an estate sale. Okay. And it was $15,000 for a handbag. But get this. The next words out of her mouth? $37,000 new. So what? It was a deal. It was a deal. Oh. I don't know what it could be made. I had lunch yesterday and I told them. Is it story. made of gold and diamonds? <laughs> My friend Steve Tatum was like, uh, the only way that that would be worth it is if it was filled with $36,000. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, 
That's still a thousand dollar handbag. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was made out of. Yeah, but it was, um, she did have a beautiful, a beautiful purse. Mm-hmm. She was rocking a beautiful purse. Yeah, it was made out of angel tears. They're really hard to collect. <laughs> They're very hard. You got to get first of all a microscope and the head of a pin. Mm-hmm. They're dancing. It makes them cry. <laughs> Yeah. You got the new X Files. Yeah. The new one? Zero? Yes. That's the trade. Really? I, I um Yeah. So the single issue came out of of um number one and then number one sold out and then number two came out and I didn't get to get number one and so then I was like, Ah, oh, I gotta wait for the trade now or like look yeah. for it on eBay mm-hmm. or Yeah, so I just waited for the, the trade. same problem with Frankenstein. Mike Magnola did Frankenstein. Okay. And I was like, Oh, they're sold out of number one and the woman at the store was like he just falls down a hole and now he's underground. Uh, just get number two. And I was like, oh my God, I love you. And then I got number two and guess what? Wasn't that great? And I love Mike Mignola. And I'm like, oh, it's just, it's nothing interesting about Frankenstein. It's just fucking Frankenstein. And I wanted it to be more. Big I'm already, deal. I'm reading four Mike Mignola titles. So I was like, I don't need more titles. You're doing great with the BPRD and the Ape Sapien and the Hellboy and the... And then I think there's a Lord Baltimore. I mean, I'm reading probably more than four. Titles, okay. So he's, have, he's fine. Have you heard of The Life After? It's a, it's the guy who did The Bunker, which I I started reading The Life After first. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I need to consume more of what this guy's done. Yeah. And he made The Bunker first. And so The who, Bunker. Who uh, I can't remember the name right now. Okay. Um, but he's, uh, um, is it, is it supernaturally is it superhero-y or is it slice of life is it so the bunker is uh these five friends go out into the woods and they're just hanging out and they find they come across this bunker and then there's five letters addressed to them from their future selves oh creepy (laughs) yeah i don't mind that that's gonna be good yeah that sounds great yeah and then the life after is um ernest hemingway is the main character in it and it's because it kind of takes place in limbo okay and um you know, if, if, there, if there was one person I would never want to have dinner with, living or dead, it would be Ernest Hemingway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that guy, uh, he's a bit, of a bit of a clock eater, that guy. That guy's, he just be, ba-da, 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 ba-da. <laughs> I Kai, get it. Magoo. I get it. I get it. You're a man. Mm. Oh. It's not that I don't like Hemingway. He's fine. Anyway, all right. We yeah. do. Um, so, how well, how long have you been doing uh, stand-up, doing comedy? I count the 80s as one year. <laughs> no, I can't. The club burned down, but it was a very intense year. 84 to 85, or 85 to 86, I, I don't know, it was very young. I think it was 84 to 85, and it was eight months, every night, mm-hmm. uh, until the club burned down. And it really did burn it, down. It did, it did, and uh, thank God it was insured. Oh. Pregnant pause. Anyway, there might have been crime, but uh, but the the weird thing is, is then there was no. All I did was I tried to I had to find open mics, and because now I was addicted, now I was in. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, but it did help me graduate from college. That the club burned down, so still didn't burn it down. Still wasn't me. And, uh, but I uh, what might have been my sister. She always wanted me to graduate. Now that I think about it. But that was in, I graduated in 88, and then I screwed around for two years, mm. and I moved to Minneapolis in 90. Okay. So 25, I count, I guess 26 years, That's if it. I count the 80s as one year. Yeah. That seems respectable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
the only people I ever tell the like, like I'll meet sort of kind of like old timer guys, mm-hmm. and they are inevitably gentlemen, and uh, <laughs> they but they want to tell me what it was like to do stand up comedy in the eighties. Yeah, they're the only ones that I go. You know, I started in eighty four, <laughs> and then it kind of slows them down on the on the the comedy explaining that was about to occur. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, thank you for explaining to me what stand up comedy was like in nineteen eighty four. I get it. I was I... hanging out with some dirt bags. <laughs> it was full of dirt bags is what you're telling me. Because it was Sam Kinison and Carl LeBeau and yeah, Freddie yeah. Asparagus and 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 they were perfectly nice guys, but they were also coked up and looking for love. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't exactly. It wasn't. I mean, I remember that when I came home one time from. Uh, from doing a show, I had the greatest story in the world, man, about mm. Kinnison and uh, and um, Eddie Murphy mm. and and um, I get no respect, guy. Uh, Dangerfield. Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. And there was there were dirt bags involved, mm. and there were the, there was a tiny mob involved, and all <laughs> my friends at college were like, oh "My God, you have to stop doing those are horrible people. You can't deal with those people." And I was like, "Oh, you didn't think it was funny? They all thought it was super funny. I thought this was the funny thing that we were all supposed." Like, it took years for me to realize that my friends were, they were right. <laughs> don't hang out with dirtbags. I don't care how funny they are. And I tolerate a lot of nonsense from people because they're funny. Yeah. We all do, right? Yeah. I and mean, you're like, yeah, he's a dick, but he's funny. And you're like, okay. And he has, they have to be really funny. It's the mulligan. Yeah, it's just, that's the way it is. Everyone has that friend. Who's, you're like, you don't have any social skills or boundaries or anything. But you're super funny. But you're and, funny, so yeah. you can stick around. <laughs> and I, uh, I just have one or two of those guys left <laughs> from the old days. Yeah. And uh, all the new comics I meet, I'm like, never gonna be funny enough. Don't care. <laughs> you're just a dirt bag. Get yeah, out of here. Yeah, just it's uh, keep writing. And uh, I guess I'll watch you on television. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, if you're if it's funny enough, I might, uh, you know, or like I, they're, you know, they're just. Maybe I'll DVR it, and then maybe I'll watch it. Maybe. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then I don't have to invite you over to my house. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, a long time. I've been doing stand-up a long time. I love it. <coughs> it's the best. It is the best. It's um, fun. What, uh, okay. So you're doing comedy as your job. Yep. Which that is, is, which is uh, already a win. So amazing. Right? Yep. Yeah. 2003. I could have quit before if I wanted to have an, um, I was just chicken. You know, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is eventually you just have to sort of commit and go, all right, I'm going to jump and I'm going to, you know, hopefully this will work because you don't, you never want to be a burden on society. Yeah. You don't want to start for no reason, start getting like food stamps. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yep. if I'm able-bodied and, mm-hmm. and I can have a shit job where I serve coffee or, yeah. and, and there are people who that's their career and they're really really good at it and mm-hmm. I don't mean to say it's a shit job. yeah of course, of course but for me it was not and I had a well I had an office job what I what I Same. considered a shit office job mm-hmm. and people have office jobs that they are beloved or they're also paying the bills and people are not a burden of, you know but in 2003 mm-hmm. I got a half hour special in Comedy Central yeah and I was like for the love of God just commit mm-hmm. you're either going to do this or not do this and plus I couldn't move my right shoulder uh, oh. I have a giant like knot of horror in my, in my in my right shoulder, and I was like, just give, just give it a shot, and you know if it doesn't work, you'll get a different, you'll just get a another, another job, yeah. yeah. And then luckily, 
I mean, a lot of things kind of fell into place at that time. I met the guy who is now my husband, and I was allowed. Yeah. We were allowed to mooch off of him <laughs> for for a little bit. Yeah. Like there was some. I was like, well, "You have a real job? What's what's happening over here?" <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we moved in together, and he paid most. You know, I I. Well, you know, I essentially was paying the same amount I was on my, my at the greatest deal in my apartment. I almost kept it mad, you know, mad about you style. <laughs> I told, like, Seinfeld, you remember Seinfeld's, the, I think it was uh, Kramer was subletting from the from Paul Reiser. On, oh, on the, Seinfeld. it was connected. Yeah, they were, it's a spinoff. Oh, yeah. And it was, a, and it was Paul Reiser had kept his apartment and subletted it to Kramer. <laughs> And I, and I almost kept my apartment and subletted it to a friend of mine because it was four fifty a month with off-street parking, oh, wow. and uh, which is wow. and air conditioning. Oh, I mean, it's how do you how do you fight that? You, you can't. Know? Yeah, and but now, so I moved out, and then she, my friend, did move in, and it was uh, almost nine hundred for the same space, Oof. and so they did raise the rent a great deal. But I had lived there for four or five years, and yeah. I had never. I don't know why they never raised the rent. I don't know. I was very lucky. But, uh, so, the, yeah, so since 2003, I've been doing it full time. Cool. Yeah. Um, you, you said about the spinoff with uh, Seinfeld and Mad About You. Mad About You also had a spinoff with Friends. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah, Phoebe. Phoebe's uh, sister. Twin sister was the waitress at the horrible place that they lived in. Ursula. Ursula. Uh, so funny. I just, we're, uh, I was hanging out with Aldrin. Okay. He says hello, by the way. Oh, he's the best. Yeah. And we were, um, just had friends on in the background and it was uh, the episode where they just stumble into the restaurant where Ursula works yeah. and then they're like oh hey <laughs> oh hey it's Phoebe you and they're like oh Ursula. hey it's you like Ursula oh, right, just... that, oh Ursula that scene with Ursula and Phoebe where they're just like oh <laughs> yeah. yeah we don't like each other <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's, it's a great that I swear to God, I never watched it real time, mm -hmm. Friends, yeah. but I watched it all in syndication, one after another, like a crazy person, and I genuinely thought that those people were my friends like, for a short <laughs> amount of time, where I was like, oh man, and I would tell stories about the episode I saw, yeah. and my other friends were like, you know, I, I saw that for real when it was first on, and now we're doing this, and, and I was like, like right. And you're like, and yet, we can still talk about it. We can still talk about it, we, right now, 12 years later. <laughs> We're still talking about that great episode. Yep, yep. It's a great episode. <laughs> great characters. Uh, what's your favorite part about doing stand-up? Um, being carried off stage. Uh, the standing ovations. You know, the sort of accolades. <laughs> yeah. No. All the awards. <laughs> all, all the awards. The gold is nice. The money. Uh, just the bags of money at store stuff that they give you when you go to Peoria. Yeah, yeah. It's good times. Um... <laughs> The f my my favorite part is, I don't I you know there's so many great parts of it. There's the part yeah. where, you know when you go to when you go to college. One of the my favorite parts about whenever I go to a college town, I'm like oh I should go back to college because you get to sit around and talk about the big topics, you know, and, and have coffee and and then I'm like that's my life. My life is I get to go out for coffee with friends and talk about the big topics yeah. or friends and um and it's. It's, I mean, the stand-up itself is so great, mm -hmm. but hanging out with really talented people yeah. and just kind of riffing and kind of, kind of like playing Joke Machine with Maria Bamford, oh, is we just yeah. do, we do material at each other, <laughs> and 
I'm jonesing, man. She's uh, she's been very busy. Her mm-hmm. career is doing quite well, <laughs> and uh, so she's been super busy and hasn't been available for joke machine. <laughs> but you do, you know, you do a, you do a joke, and um, at the other comic, you tell them your joke. The only rule of joke machine is that you can't when someone does the joke at you, you can't say, "Wow, that's that's a little that's uncomfortable." Why would you do that bit? I mean, there's none of that. It has to be. If the nicest thing you can say <coughs> is there's totally something there. Mm-hmm. There's something there. That's yeah. all you can say is there's something there. And then um, and then you both try to riff on it. You just not not riff. I mean, if you have a line, please, for the love of God, give it to me. But if you don't have a line, all you have is an angle. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just like, well, I'm trying to do this thing about, you know. Um, Grass, this, grasshoppers stew. Yeah, right. <laughs> grasshoppers stew. And they're just like. I always wanted to go to uh, the, the CAA and, 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 and learn how to cook grasshoppers right. And, you know, I mean, you could talk about, like, someone can give you a perspective that's awesome, and that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things. And then and then when you get to do... Then when you... I mean, the best part about doing stand-up is the actual stand-up part, where you stand up and tell people jokes and yeah. people are on board. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fantastic. It's the best feeling. But there's yeah. another part where you watch somebody... Who you know is funny, eating it, and then you're like, "Oh, I am so sorry, but that was hilarious." <laughs> those people are idiots, and they totally don't get you. And I'm so sorry, but you did your time. Look at you. <laughs> you, you tapped out right at 45 minutes. Good for you. You did your 30. You did your 15. You got the hell off, and it was good. Oh, I never even thought of it that way. With a 45-minute set having the tight 30 and then the tight 15. Is what? that what you were talking about? No, like whatever. Just like if, if you watch someone eat it for 15 oh, minutes, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they did their time. If you watch them eat it for 30, <laughs> but they did their time. They did it for 45, yeah. but they did their time. That's all. I mean, it is it is worse to, to eat it for 45. Like yeah. I lost an audience once five minutes in. Oh, no. And I had to spend 20 minutes shoveling. <sighs> just shoveling and shoveling and Getting trying to them get back. them back. And at the end of it all, they were like... Well, she was all right. They were like, was like adequate. Triumph. <laughs> I got them back in the last 10, 12 minutes. They had a good time. And they were like, that was weird. And I was like, I don't blame you. Yes, it was weird that for was both of us. That was a long journey. That was a long journey for both of us. I accidentally, what it was is, and it's, Ch- I blame it on the very hilarious Chad Daniels. Chad Daniels gets off stage. He's featuring at our home club in Minneapolis. Yeah. He comes off stage and he's like, man, there's a guy in the second row who will not shut up. He won't shut up. I fucking hate that guy. And, he's just, and, I, and I forgot that Chad can sometimes turn on a dime on the audience yeah. and then all of a sudden they're the worst. And you're like, so I so I go on stage and I thought it was real. Yeah. It wasn't real. <laughs> and the guy said something to me and I kicked him out and he was attached to 51 people. What? In the first five minutes of my set, I kicked 52 people out of my Oh, room. no. And then I had to do 40 minutes. Oh. Guess what didn't go well? That. And then the <laughs> club owner came up to me and he said, you know, that cost me $2,000. Oh, no. fund them $2,000. Oh. And I was like, that is a disappointment. <laughs> and he said, I got your back on this, but try not to do that. <laughs> and then it took... Six years for him to ever book me during cor- corporate events. Wow. He booked me, but he would always book me like in the summer, in spring, no corporate events, nowhere near Christmas. Yeah. And it was my home club in Minneapolis. Yeah. And I was like, 
No, Lewis, I'll eat it. I swear to God, I, mm-hmm. I, people can talk and they can whip things. I'll just do it if I can come at Christmas and see my brother. Give them tomatoes. Do yes, it. Just... Right, I'm in. And there, he was like, no, March seems good. <laughs> at least he kept booking me, so you got all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He stuck around. There was no cold shoulder. No cold shoulder. <laughs> there was mocking for years still mocking still comes up and that clearly and it's probably been 10 years <laughs> anyway. oh no um what were, so what did you do to try oh the games yeah you got gloom yeah I don't mind gloom it's a pretty have you ever played murder of crows no it's like gloom like, okay except you spell the word murder oh it's a it's a it's a cute little and it's 25 minutes it's okay. nice murder of crows mm-hmm. And you spell the word murder, and then it writes a story at the end of it. Oh, cool. It's the same guy that uh, did uh, Siblings Trouble. He likes a storytelling aspect of his game. Yeah. So, But Murder of Crows is super simplified. Okay. Mm, Siblings Trouble is kind of more... more it's it's, it's In bigger. depth. Yeah, yeah, it's bigger, but it's, it's also super fun. Yeah, like Gloom has the role play in it, but it can also take, like, two hours if you're playing with... Right. Uh, four, sometimes five, because the expansion brings it up to five, and there's yeah. another expansion that can bring it up to six, and you're like, that's so many people, many people. and so many stories. Yeah. My thing about some expansion sets, I'm like, wasn't broken, doesn't need it. Yeah. Pandemic, I don't want to be the va- virus. I want to be the medic or the dispatcher. I want to I wanna work together to, to cure the thing. Yeah. I don't want to... We don't have to expand it. It's, I always lose anyway. It's, it's, it's so hard. hard to win. Yeah. It's hard to win. You usually lose. It's funny that you said that about Pandemic because with that expansion, mm-hmm. I wanted to be the bioterrorist. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get to do it? No, because my friends were like, no, man, it's hard enough as it is. Like, let's you just play it regular. It was a secret bioterrorist <laughs> werewolfy kind of thing. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> And we never know where you are. Let's right. just play it regular. Okay, fine. Exactly. Twist I don't my like arm. I don't like the uh, <laughs> I don't like the sense of it's hard enough with I mean it's already a tense enough game without the tension of having some weird bad guy just wandering around like Arkham Horror or whatever, like <laughs> Just the, spraying his diseases yes, all it's over. Just adding it. Just like no. Anyway. Yeah, Arkham Horror is so great. It's a good one. Um I've played that with like four expansions attached at one point. Oh, wow. And that game took so... Actually... It's like Axis and Allies long. I think that one was shorter because it made it so much harder. It was like with the Yellow King and with the Pharaoh uh, Crypt or whatever. And so there was pieces that would move around and you had to go move around and then they would just own you. It's one game. It's a beautiful game. It's called Descent into Hell. Oh. And it is... It's got... A gajillion tiny chits. Okay. And it took us, I'm not even kidding, almost two hours to set it up. And then luckily, we've only played it once. (laughs) Because luckily, it's a a three-hour game. Mm -hmm. And uh, somebody screwed something up and somebody just won immediately. And I was like, okay, never again. (laughs) It's about the seven circles of hell. It's like Dante. And I was like, one of them is setting up this damn game. And I can't. I can't fix it. That's crazy. I had an idea for a... Seven Circles of Hell board game. Oh, yeah. And... Keep it tight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I want. I want you just One game piece. <laughs> <laughs> or 
Right, you're one person, mm-hmm. you are Nemoler, and you go around and find those who gave up. You get one uh, achievement card of <laughs> your ability, and that's it. <laughs> Andy's, my husband's working on this game about um, um, how to build hats for Carmen Miranda. And so it's this fruit game, and you're like, okay, can we play that all the time? And he's like, no, no I'm interested in this other game. And so he's got the attention span of a game designer. And he's like, I was like, can we go back to the hat for fruit game? I like the fruit hat game. It's like, nope. The other game is the one that me and Aldrin play tested, Yeah, the right? superhero one. Oh, it's so fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was, today he was just working on animal powers all morning. Oh. Animal powers after animal powers. And uh, he said, Good, yeah, he said you guys were great. He said it was a really fun, and Yeah. really thanked you for it. It so. was super fun. We're going to... Um, he was like, if it's you gonna guys... be an ongoing. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. was like, if you guys don't mind, I mean, I do need to keep working out the kinks, and I'd love to keep. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, we were like, of course, yes. <laughs> Someone to play games with? Yes, we were on board. <laughs> Too funny. A D and D type game with superpowers? I know it. Yes, please. I know it. <laughs> it's his favorite. Oh man, so how how am I doing? Um, dark forest wise, am I? Yeah, you're dorked out. <laughs> I I didn't see it until um, five years ago, maybe six years ago. Five okay. years ago, I'd say. So I would say that you lost the window to even like it. <laughs> no, I no, you you were in. I I like it because it's like it is ridiculous. I know yeah. that, and it's. I just wish the plot had been better because it's super cool looking. I love I love the concept of just like someone at Disney was like, but like what if there was something going on in our computers? Right, no, no, that plot's great, and the fact that it's got it's got that. I just, I think maybe, all right, maybe it wasn't the plot, maybe it was the dialogue. Maybe it was just the writing that blew, because yeah. because the premise is, is gorgeous. Yeah. Who doesn't want to go inside a, a video game and, and do a video game and fight fun? the viruses and other yeah. bad programs? M- moments of family fun right there. But, yeah, it's... <laughs> But yeah, I think the writing just blew, that's all. Yeah, but you got Star Wars Futurama. Star Wars Futurama, Axe Cop. Axe Cop, which mm-hmm. I never did. That's the one with the oh, little boy, right? Yes, that it's, his brother. it's super fun. That's awesome. That's great. There were moments reading through Axe Cop where I put it down and I started laughing hysterically because I couldn't contain it. That's awesome. Someone who's patient enough to listen to a five-year-old is awesome. You're like, yes, you're right. It would be really fun. And then just clean it up a little bit, right? Because people have always been like, well, some of it's, you want to do dork? No. Some of it's pretty gory. He'll be like... Oh, no, no, yeah. I mean, just tighten it up. Oh, just yeah. Just like, yeah, I mean, just because... Oh, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. ever tried to talk to a child? <laughs> yeah. And I love children. Uh, <laughs> I am related to many of them. And uh, and they're great. And I used to do childcare, but it's it's... People are like, yeah, I want to have my kid on and on the dark forest. I want them to talk about Minecraft. I want them to talk about Hot Wheels. I want them to talk about uh, the Disney princesses or Frozen. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, those are dorkdoms. Um, but they're only, they're not really dorkdoms when they're children because they're allowed. <laughs> and uh, they're age appropriate. And, and, and still, with children, you can't get them. They want to tell the same story. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't do an hour. It would have to be 15 minute episodes with tiny children. Just one after another. Just keep bringing the kids in. Let's right. hear it. Cycle through. How Come much on. do you love that Cage Baker book, the 14 year old? Yes, you do. Okay, let's go. Get out of here. Now yes. get out of here. It's a, there's this, some woman, I just finished this book that a fan gave me, and it is 
craptastic. It is adorable. <laughs> it is werewolves and vampires. Mm-hmm. Steampunk. Mm-hmm. And it's a woman who is like, and it's sort of like half romance novel with a werewolf and a vampire, <laughs> but it's in a steampunk world, and she collects parasols. Nope. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's got everything that if, like, I don't collect parasols, I, and I don't mind steampunk, but I'm, like, you couldn't get me in a Victorian outfit on a dare. Like, you couldn't pay me enough to wear a fucking bustle. And, um, please, that's the name of my book. Uh, you couldn't pay me enough to wear a fucking bustle. But I think it does look kind of cool. And there are, but there are people who love that. Like, lovely love. Yeah. And I do have a pair of steampunk boots they're, that are awesome. They're like with copper and with stuff rivets. And... and I mean, it's a super cool looking boot. Yeah. And they're just, and they're ankle boots, so they're relatively comfortable. But they're, but this, this book is adorable. <coughs> and it is. Uh, it's essentially this woman collects parasols, and now I want a parasol dork. And I bet you They're out there. The woman who wrote this oh, is a parasol dork. A hundred percent. And she lives in San Francisco, and I tweeted at her, and she's like, I won't be on your podcast. Yes, I will. And I'm like, okay, I just gotta get up to the Bay Area. And then there's a guy up there who has emailed me for a couple of years, and he's a good guy, but he's always out of town when I'm up there. Yeah. Or the scheduling. That's the biggest problem, because anyone can be on the dork for us. Yeah. It's entirely a scheduling thing. <laughs> and and I can't... Like, right now I have six episodes to, to edit. Oh, okay. And it's genuinely overwhelming. Yeah. And I'm like, n- n- tiny panic attack, the idea that anyone would want to be on my podcast right now. <laughs> no, nobody can be on my podcast until I have all these edited. And then... And then I've sent him to Patrick Brady so that he can clean him up and, and put on the intro song and do the nice thing and make it all even <laughs> so it all looks like a good wave. And then, uh, and, and so I want all that to be, you know, because uh, there's, and then there's people who are only in town for a heartbeat. But the physics guy, he's a, he's a, he's a physics dork. Okay. Well, I don't know anything about physics. I understand it is a science. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> And what do you get into quantum physics? Right, he does. That that stuff's really fun to think yeah. about. <laughs> He's got it. But I did have one of my favorite episodes is this guy Robert Hurt, who does okay. the graphics from the Hubble from the Spitzer Telescope. Ooh. He works for NASA, JPL, and um, Caltech. So he gets images. He gets the images the... from the Spitzer, and then he puts them together so that they can go in magazines and, and, and people... They, wow. It's sort of like... you know, So he you, cleans them up, or...? Well, this is something I did not know. All, like the Hubble telescope and okay. the Spitzer telescope. Did you know that space is in black and white? <laughs> what? Space, there's no color in space. There's no prisms. There's no... It's all just light. <laughs> so when you see, like, the Milky Way, and it's in color, you're like... Where did that color that come from? That was touched up? It's touched up. No way! Yeah, and he said his oh. least favorite, because he said, not only is Robert Hurt a physicist, Whoa. he's also an art, a, a, an astrophysicist, mm-hmm. he's an artist. Okay. So, he's like, you know, the, the astrophysicists who are running these things could learn Photoshop and do it themselves. Oh my gosh. But I have had a 25-year career <laughs> where uh, I get to do this, and it's the coolest gig in the world, right? Wait, so what about Earth? Does it look in color, too? From space? Yeah. I don't know. Because I, that's of an this... excellent question. I gotta have him back on. <laughs> because of the sun. I think 
because the light and then right because of the clouds and the, and the, the atmosphere and the atmosphere because yeah. there's an atmosphere and stuff <laughs> so um, but it's like you know when you look at a map and then you look at the key to a map yeah so the colors mean stuff okay like the the brown means mountains and the blue means water oh yeah so yeah. when you look at the Milky Way picture mm-hmm. the brown means something and asteroid belt and blah 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 okay I'm just okay. gonna say science fiction words <laughs> Comets and meteors, you know. You know, whatever. <laughs> Space. Space, the final frontier. <laughs> and, uh, these are the voyages. These are the voyages. <laughs> it's funny because he is, he's a sci- he's an astrophysicist, but he's also a science fiction dork. Yeah. And But it's one of the best episodes. I mean, there are a thousand great episodes because there are literally a thousand episodes. <laughs> I would say there might, might be a dozen episodes that are like, eh, you don't have to. You can keep moving. And plus the first 200 episodes, there's some great episodes in there, Yeah. but they were not pre-recorded. They were essentially a giant conference call. Oh. I think Max, Max, uh, fun, uh, sound of, sound of young America, okay. 10 years ago when, when I started doing the podcast, uh-huh. they reviewed the dork forest mm-hmm. and the review was, it sounds like AM radio held up to a, to- a telephone. <laughs> and I was like, well, that sounds accurate. But it was ten years ago. People were desperate for content. They were like, I just want. They were like, there were nine people who, five hundred people who knew what a podcast yeah. was, and they were all listening to it. And they were like, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll just and, find a microphone. I don't know. And then yeah, I will amplify it somehow. And, uh, and they did. And but then about three hundred episodes ago, Patrick Brady, who had just listened to the thing, he had just graduated from. Uh, film school okay and so he emailed me and he said hey can i fix your audio because i just started pre-recording yeah and i had tried to do this yeah and but i didn't know what i was doing and he has taught me over the last five years Mm -hmm. uh because i think it's been five or six years that he's been doing it yeah and this is the first year i'm paying him Oh. And it's I don't think I'm not guilty about it. I'm pretty guilty. Of, I, I feel bad, but he was. I was like, you get free merch. And I'll take you to dinner when I come to New York because we share a Dropbox, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. And so he would fix it up, and then I was told via Mark Maron's podcast that I should do a clip of the show hmm. and so then I started doing these teaser clips yeah. and putting them on YouTube and so the first three episodes of that I didn't I had a program that I could put a like a picture of the person yeah, and I could do a sort of a pan and scan and then it was the audio and I didn't want to ask Patrick to do it because he was already doing so much yeah. but he saw them and he was like how is that <laughs> can I fix that and I was like now what now what's happening and he's like just give me the time code. <laughs> throw me a couple of pictures. I'll make a template. Mm-hmm. And so now there's hundreds of of, That's so of great. teaser clips with a slug and a <laughs> picture of the guest and a picture of their dorkdom. The whole thing about podcasting is fascinating because it's yeah. so much work, mm-hmm. but it's a labor of love. Yeah, it really is. Because it's so much fun. Because it can be for nothing. It is for nothing. It is for nothing. <laughs> the only reason I do it is because people love to listen to it, and I get these long, awesome emails from Quiet Mike. That's how he signs them. He signs them, Quiet Mike. And, uh, and Thomas Kirshner. I mean, I get, like, Darlene. Like, all these fans email yeah. me, and it's the longest email about, well, that's interesting what they said about mm-hmm. that one thing, but that's actually slightly inaccurate. Mm-hmm. And then they go on, and, they, and I'm like, fantastic and then i forward it to the guest and then the guest sometimes is like 
always they respond and go, oh my God, someone else loves the thing I love. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah. And then the other, and then sometimes they're like, they email back and forth with a person. They're like, well, can I talk to them? And I was like, please do. They make their freaking day. <laughs> and uh, not everybody can do it, but it's very, you know. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's so grateful, including me, mm-hmm. about podcasting. Yeah, it's a, it's a community. And then, and then yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, I've had this person on, and they had me on theirs or whatever. And then everyone, there's so it's many. so symbiotic and yeah. crossover and it can get incestuous where you're like, there, there was a certain point where you're like, Paul of Tompkins, I can hear no more stories. <laughs> I love you dearly. Please stop talking into the microphone of podcasts. <laughs> Unless you want to come on mine one more time. <laughs> what was his darkdom? Uh, Dapper. Dapper Dan. He's uh, cufflinks and, uh, yep. and stuff like that. He's, he's that guy. He's suits. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had him on for a couple of years, actually, so I should probably have him back. But, suits, uh, mustache. Because I had him on with his Has body. he curled the mustache? No, no, no. I think he's he just keeps it nice. Yeah. He trims it up. <laughs> he's got one of those little combs, I think. I have one too. It's a, a it, it's a switchblade one. So I push the button and it flips oh, flips out. Fancy. <laughs> that was from my days of uh, mustache, and I did get the mustache wax, and I would curl it out. Oh, you do a little snidely whiplash? Yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? That's a free time. <laughs> Somebody used to do a joke about who was the poor <laughs> bastard that OJ was not convicted of killing. Oh, uh, his dad. Gold, Goldberg, flesh. Goldman, something. Goldman Sachs. Yeah, yeah Goldman, Sachs. Goldman Sachs guy. Yeah. Sumner Redstone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the the dad he had he had this nightly whiplash mustache. Okay. And someone did something. He's like, just is that how he deals with grief? Is that every day he waxes his mustache <laughs> so perfectly? It's like that is so dark. <laughs> it made me laugh, but it was pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. How long you been doing yours? This is episode 77. 77. Yep. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah. It's fun. (laughs) It's super fun. Yeah. I started out, um, so me and my buddies, I was like, I was like, we should have a podcast because when the three of us are together, like ideas bouncing around, it's just fun conversation. Yeah. And then, uh, they said, um, that sounds like a lot of time. Yeah. Well, we did, we did one episode and then I was going in and editing like, editing out all oh, of the right. language and, and the like ums and the us and cleaning it up and yeah and then i was like this is so much more work than i want to do ever but then also they were like i was like okay let's record another one and then they were like nah the reasoning they said we're not really into the fame thing as much as you are <laughs> <laughs> right yeah it's one of the funniest things ever. Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah because if you were into the fame thing, <laughs> you're screwed. <laughs> Why do I do my podcast? Oh, fame. For the fame. Fortune, too. You know, I'd yeah. like to be like the standing ovation being carried off stage. <laughs> so that's the same reason why I do stand-up comedy. It's so funny. But it is, I mean, it is an attention grabber. I mean, it is, I mean, yeah. it is very much, I'm going to be... Let's a little bit more about me. So it, <laughs> yeah. is, it is very much that. So good for them for having a sense of self <laughs> that can be sustained in other ways. But I, I used to do a note mm-hmm. section in the podcast where uh-huh. I would go through and whatever the dorkdom was, I would find uh, the references and I would do links to. Yeah. So the first 
you know, I think 100 episodes of the pre-recorded all cool. have these note sections, but it would take me three hours to go through. Yeah. And all these notes and everything. And then I realized on iTunes, they barely show up. Like, when you hit the I button for info, you're like, oh, the links aren't even hot links. Oh. And, I could, and then... And then I was I started doing the road like I was I was living here more mm-hmm. and once I, I quit my day job I I had to do the road more often for money yeah and so the travel started getting to me and I was like there's not enough hours in the day yeah. if I also wanted to sit around and watch Castle <laughs> on the USA Network and just uh, really really do some sitting around and um, so I couldn't I there was just it was just too much work and. Mm-hmm. Plus, I was recording them on the road and doing live episodes. Yeah, yeah. So I don't do note sections anymore. And <laughs> some woman was like, I really miss those. And I'm like, oh, I want everyone to be so happy. <laughs> and, and so I thought about reinstating it. And I was like, no. no. Can't do it. But, like, Jimmy Pardo has a fan who does all the notes. Oh, but wow. I would feel bad if someone actually, like, if that much work was involved. I'd be like, oh. But I do have a Facebook sort of ranger page, Ranger yeah. of the Dark Forest. So I don't okay. know what. I call or they call themselves. <laughs> the, um, and um, they call themselves the Rangers. Well, yeah, the Dark Forest Rangers. Yeah, do, the Rangers of the Dark Forest. Okay. They get, you know, it's a it's a plus two to their stealth. Yeah, <laughs> they got some mad skills, and uh, and it's, it's it's fun. It's like you know you can, yeah. So, um, but there is a, a Facebook page, a Ranger page, and um, people talk there about the minutia. Yeah. And they really get into it. It's it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, and they and they're more into. It. Somebody just started the thread. Hey, if you had to come up with five topics that you would talk about on the Dark Forest, mm-hmm. and I believe, I mean, and granted, all of those people can be on the Dark Forest <laughs> in their town, and we can freaking figure it out. <laughs> but um, but I don't know. I haven't. Um, yeah. It's 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 a long thread too, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm overwhelmed by the idea of having everyone who listens to the Dork Force also be on. <laughs> but it would be. F- I mean, I want everyone to do it. Yeah. It just seems like an awful lot of work. It is. It's a labor yeah. of love, like you it said. It is that. Yeah. <laughs> Super fun. Oh yeah. So I went from editing, copious or tediously editing yeah. the the episodes with my friends, and then they didn't want to do it anymore, and then I was like, ah. And then I was like, I'm just going to start one on my own. And then yeah. started in San Diego County and got some like local comics from down there. And yeah. And then be- right before I moved up, my two San buddies. San Diego County. Does that mean that you didn't live in San Diego? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I lived in North San Diego County. Oh, what does that mean? Vista, is- Oceanside. Okay. Carlsbad. I'm doing Carlsbad this Saturday. Okay. Yeah. I'm doing some weird theater and some sort of cobblestone um <laughs> Whatever. Yep, that's Carlsbad. The Carlsbad. <laughs> it might even be called the Carlsbad Theater. Yeah. <laughs> they have pasta just down the block. Nice. It's funny because it's like a touristy kind of area. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. When when people aren't from San Diego, I'm like San Diego County. It's around uh, north of San Diego. Yeah. Like one of the giant. Like forty minutes north. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Is that how how far is Carlsbad from Los Angeles? I don't know why this is a fascinating topic. Two, uh, like two hours. It'll take you two hours to get down there? Hour and 45 with no traffic. Okay. Yeah. So I should give myself three hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If I want to get there in time. And chill out. And yep. maybe get a cup of coffee. Yeah. So, fair enough. And some pasta. And some pasta. Yeah, I can have a nice meal. <laughs> is there a restaurant you'd recommend in Carlsbad? Oh. Uh, nope. 
No. I was just in Riverside last There's night. There's a Buffalo Wild Wings there. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? I, I got a, I'm in Burst Bowl. They got them everywhere. Yeah, I know. Uh, I just went there for the first time, though. And uh, it's Spicy been, garlic is the way to go. It's the way to go. What's interesting about... Uh, wh- I love chicken and I love wings. Yeah. But whenever I have wings, I always think to myself, after I've eaten probably six wings, mm-hmm. what's for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like I'm an like, appetizer-y thing. It's like an appetizer and I'm like, I'm full. I don't eat dinner, but is there some sort of vegetable and some rice involved? Why don't you give me a plate full of wings and some vegetables and some rice? And then I will think of it as a dinner. That's so funny. It would be weird. Oh, because the wings are the main course. Wow. Right, that's all. That's the, that's the, that's what they're doing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you can get the appetizer deep fried pickle slices. Oh, <laughs> thank God. Last night we went to this place in Riverside. Andy came with me and, and we went to the Salted Pig. Oh, and that sounds lovely. amazing. And, um, but we had a pork tamale that we split. It was huge. First okay. of all, it was way bigger than a tamale, a normal tamale. Mm-hmm. And um, we split that, and then we've had like a caramelized Brussels sprout appetizer and a, and, a, and a caramelized cauliflower appetizer. So that was a dinner. That felt like a dinner. Yeah. The sides, a, a thing, <laughs> meat and a grain. It had all your it had all your food groups. <laughs> the entree was an actual entree. It was an entree, but it just came on. It didn't though, because it was it's one of these gastropub kind of things. So oh. It came on like I don't know, like a ship deconstructed, of, just like some driftwood. That just, <laughs> <laughs> they always serve it on this weird platter that you're like, why? Why don't you just okay? Why don't, Fine, I'll I'll serve myself. It's uh, I know you ordered the tamale. Here's an ear of corn. <laughs> right. Good it's luck. It's gonna come on top of this. I don't know, like a like a microphone stand. A puff of smoke. Right, you have to be surrounded by water. That's the tray. That's the tray. We've we've uh, been able to use. Put it on uh, oh on uh, like uh, like ice. Like the, dry ice, yeah. Dry ice or something. Because that smoke, like, stays down. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't go up. How <laughs> weird would that be? So there used to be, in Vegas, there was a, um, and I am not a huge fan of Vegas just because I don't like hookers and gambling and yeah. I don't drink. So, really cuts into your, <laughs> what there is to do. And yeah. now they've closed the Liberace Museum, so now there's nothing to do. But the, uh, um, There's still a pinball museum. There is a pinball museum, which is really Great. just a giant arcade. Yeah, awesome. it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And the car museum's not bad. Uh, it's okay. got old-timey cars and stuff. But the Liberace Museum was so great. I was like, sell one ring. Why are you closing it? You sell one ring. <laughs> one of the sheiks gave him a ring that's an emerald that will keep you open forever in this weird strip mall on the northeast. That's not even on the strip. It's on, like, at a strip mall on the northeast side of, of Vegas. Craziness. But, um... Yeah, there's, there was a, a place called Red. Uh, it was like an old Soviet... It's a Russian restaurant. It used to be called Red something. Red okay. Square. And it had... Um, in front of it, it was a statue of Lenin with no head. Whoa. And the head from the statue was in a freezer case that had 300 different goods of vodka. What? And the bar was made out of ice. What? The thing was a ride. I mean, it was a Disney ride of vodka and Russian food and <laughs> It was fantastic. It was the neatest thing in the world. I was like, I just want to go there. Because Russia... I don't know if you've had a lot of Russian food, no. but it's... Uh, 
It's just meat and beets. They like pickled things and they pickle some things. They 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 smoke some things <laughs> and they freeze some things. They actually don't have to smoke that many things. That's true. Yeah, because everything's frozen. <laughs> there are there are people that have really embraced their depression. <laughs> <laughs> Northern Europeans who <laughs> deny that they're depressed, the Russians really embrace it. Like, but if you meet like Norwegians and Swedes, yeah. they're like super grumpy because it's also dark and cold. <laughs> but and they have akavit. They don't have um What's akavit? Vod- it's it's vodka. Oh, it's, it's just okay. it's another boozy thing that yeah. is like hundred and eighty proof and you're an idiot. <laughs> and um, so But they um but they <laughs> But they're, they're like, no, we're not depressed. We're cheerful people. And you're like, no. Could have fooled me. Could have fooled With me. your Norwegian <laughs> death metal. <laughs> I, though, I don't know if you ever saw an old uh, foreign film called Babette's Feast. No. It's from 88, okay. 89. Okay. Might be from 98, 99. Yeah. Who knows? It's from before. <laughs> and it's this, this uh, it's a great, it's like, it's like chocolate for water. It's like chef. It's like watching a, a, a one of those foodie movies. Okay. But it's set in the late 1700s and it's about a French chef who flees the French Revolution and, and ends up in like the middle of Norway or Sweden or, yeah. or something. And it's this incredibly dour uh, city like tiny village and she wins the lottery Ooh. and she's like I want to make dinner for everyone <laughs> and because she's just essentially been turning smoked fish into something amazing for yeah. the last eight months <laughs> and they're like well I don't know and she's like it'll all be on me the whole town comes I feed everybody there's going to be color in the food it's going to be amazing And uh, but it's a wonderful movie and it's it's animated a, you said? no no, oh. no it's foreign Okay. so it's in um I don't know what I can't remember what language it's in, but uh, <laughs> but it, it's it's not in English. It's Maybe not French English. with a name like Babette. Mm, it is not. I don't. They do not believe it is in French. But <laughs> it might be. And uh, I only saw, I saw it in the theater in 1989. Whoa. Oh, so 1989 okay. <laughs> in London. And uh, when I was I spent three months in London uh, in 1989 working at a movie theater, huh. and then going to see movies. It was the dumbest three months ever. <laughs> Like I, I went to the, I saw the How Tower of London. <laughs> I went to the, to the British Museum, mm-hmm. and I did not see the Elgin Marbles, which they should give back to what those is the, people. What is that? The Elgin Mar- Marbles, I believe, are the Greek uh, statues that the British stole from the Greeks. Okay. Uh, they didn't steal them. They're keeping them safe. <laughs> keeping them safe in the 1800s. Uh, they, it was an archite- there was all this like they, the British Museum is just full of like Egyptian. And Greek and and, and oh. Roman treasures. Yeah. That they're like, oh well, these guys are animals. Uh, we're gonna take them back to a civilized museum <laughs> and keep them safe. And quite honestly, they did save them, and it is very nice of them to do it. <coughs> Turns out the Egyptians would like their stuff. Better. Yeah. And, uh, they're like, no, no. Now we know that people go to museums and they pay to see this crap. So yeah. yeah. And it's also back. our heritage. Did we? No, no. All right. Nope. Are you still keeping it? Okay. Nope. Well, Keep it nice. <laughs> they should at least the British should give them a cut of the door. Yeah. <laughs> Something. What brought you to London then? Back. I then? was in a weird exchange after I graduated from college. I was in a. I, I got this exchange thing where you got a work permit and you could go to London for a year and. And, and they work. set you up with a job, or they did. They they didn't, and I did everything wrong because uh, <laughs> I was. 
not bright. <laughs> but I went, and I lived at a youth hostel, and I worked at the youth hostel from, like, 6 in the morning until 9 in the morning oh. for, for, for essentially breakfast and a bed. Yeah. And then from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m., I worked at the movie theater. Oh. And then uh, at about 10 o'clock, I'd get back to the youth hostel, and I would just drink in the bar <laughs> of the youth hostel <laughs> with South Africans and Australians, and then I would do it again the next day. <laughs> for three months. For three months, I was the dumbest. <laughs> Other people go, they're like, hey, I'm going to go see a play, I'm going to go, I'm going to meet a boy, I'm going to work in an office, I'm going to meet British people. I'm like, no, I just want to meet at South Africans and Australians and Americans and work at this theater and live in a bunk bed <laughs> and see the worst movie 26 times. I saw the movie High Spirits, which is a Steve Gutenberg, Daryl Hannah vehicle. Oh, boy. That had Morgan Fairchild and Ooh. it had a very, very young Liam Neeson in it who stole the movie. Wow. High Spirits. High Spirits. It is the dumbest movie. <laughs> Morgan Fairchild plays a, a bitch. Hard, hard, hard to cast. She all she played every time she was ever in a show she played this horrible person and then Daryl Hannah played a ghost Liam Neeson played a ghost and oh Peter O'Toole Peter O'Toole played the oh, wow. the guy who owned the castle that was haunted and uh, Steve Gutenberg played the young American who uh, I get mixed up I get him mixed up with um, Steve Gutenberg and then Chandling no no the uh, Police Academy oh Gutenberg Judge is not too. Reinhold. That's, oh, okay. I get, I, that's how much I get them mixed up. <laughs> Judge Reinhold and Steve Gutenberg get them mixed up. I used to get Dabney Coleman and, and Gene Hackman mixed up. I used to get uh, Cary Grant and, and uh, Rock Hudson mixed up when I was a child. And uh, yeah, I was like, those guys, one's a poor guy's version of that. And But the thing about Steve Gutenberg and Judge Reinhold, who's the poor man's version of what? <laughs> how, do you, how do you do that math? That's up to them for the, to decide. <laughs> yeah, that's, you guys fight that out. And, uh, so... What's the um, Gary Shandling and Defending Your Life? The one where they die? No, Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks oh. and Meryl Streep. Okay, yeah. It's the great... And Rip Torn. Rip Torn making wow. all movies better. I need to see that again because I saw it I once. I saw it once as a, as a child and I was like, what it's is life this? Changing. It's life-changing. It's <laughs> It's one of my favorite fucking movies. My and they're talking about like finding out about their previous past lives and Shirley stuff. McClain, because she's a big reincarnation. Rip person. Torn. I'm a big Rip Torn fan. Oh, Rip Torn fixes all. He he, he makes everything better. Everything better. <laughs> Think so of him great. in Men in Black. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my me and my buddies who are still in San Diego County in Vista mm-hmm. wrote a TV show, and one of the characters mm-hmm. I think would be perfect. If Rip Torn played that character. Unfortunately, (laughs) I believe this to be true, and I I might be wrong, Mm -hmm. but I think Rip Torn has dementia. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he's a... Like, didn't he accidentally rob a bank in Connecticut? Oh, I didn't hear about that one. year and a half ago? I heard about, like, drove his car into something, or... He might be... Some mugshot. super sad. Yeah. Because he's just the greatest, I mean, swear to God. Oh, my God. Defending (laughs) your life. You gotta see it. You know, a friend of mine does this thing about early Albert Brooks and later Albert Brooks because okay. early Albert Brooks is Lost in America I haven't um, seen that oh my god they a lot of movies so dark. that I just haven't seen oh, that I, I need to see yeah there's buildings full of yeah uh, you could you could fill the Grand Canyon full of the great films that I've never seen yeah. Godfather 2 never seen it I haven't seen Godfather 1 or 2 or I three. saw Godfather 1 and at the end of Godfather 1 I was like oh these people aren't nice <laughs> <laughs> This relationship isn't going to work out, 
pretty sure. I know the references my, from like The Simpsons. It's impossible all my life not to. And, not yeah. like you've seen every like I I decided one year I decided I was going to watch the AFI Top 100. Oh boy. And I said even if I have to watch them on fast forward, I'm going to watch them. I'm just going to scroll through it and just watch them. And um, and so I and first one Citizen Kane. Ooh, I haven't Citizen, seen it. Citizen Kane. Turns out. I didn't fast forward through it. Tur- turns out it's a really good movie. <laughs> if I wasn't kidding. That one's uh, that's nice. That's a real nice movie right there. And uh, you get a chance. You might want to see Citizen. I'm, I'm yeah. going to take a stand here. Yeah. But it's one of the greatest movies <laughs> But it is slow. I yeah. will say that. Because he's in therapy, right? Like he's talking to his oh, therapist? Or... Oh, okay. Citizen Kane, it's about essentially Ralph Waldo Emerson. No. Okay. Uh, it's a Hearst. It's about, it's essentially... It's a loosely based on, on Hearst, and he's dying, and okay. he's like this sort of puppeteer of, of humanity. Okay. And so he's this old rich guy, and he's dying, and it's done backwards, where um, not memento style, but like right. it, it's like it's not linear because <laughs> he they his last words, and then they examine what that what that is, what it means, and his life, and all these things. Yeah, I had that spoiled for me um, early on. Yeah, well, through. My brother was in a high school play of the sequel to You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Yep. So the sequel is just called Snoopy. Right. And there's a part... I love that work. And there's a part where uh, Lucy just spoils it. Well, let me tell you, is it possible to spoil something from 1939? Spoiler alert. Like... No, it's been in the the ether. The Crying Game? There's a... uh... Like The Crying Game, I was watching uh, the Academy Awards, the You're the Crying Game was a movie. Seen the crying game, and my roommate at the time said, "Oh, he's dressed as a man. I, I that's weird." And I said, "I take it he's not a man in the movie." And he goes, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." And I said, "I think the statute of limitations is over Oscar night. Not seen the film by Oscar night. Everyone gets to tell me the Kaiser Sose thing. Everyone gets to tell me Rosebud. Everyone gets to tell me." And, you know, and I don't see enough movies. I swear to God, the last movie mm-hmm. I saw was the second Avengers movie. Yeah. And I saw it twice. Same. Same There's no reason to see it twice when I haven't seen the second Godfather film. Some people would say. But I'm also like, it's my time. It was I can do whatever such I want to do. a fun movie. Super fun movie. Oh. Weird. Someone said, does it feel uh, disloyal that I like the first Avengers movie better? And I said, No. <laughs> No, it does. I mean, every movie there's there's yeah. gonna be better ones and worse ones, and and as far as I'm concerned, Winter Soldier is still my favorite of all. Oh, of them. it's so good. It's do you watch Agents of Shield? Oh yeah, I do. I'm too I'm too behind. Ooh. I'm behind on the season finale. I'm going home actually after this and watching it. Because the wait, did you watch the one that led up to Ultron? The season f- finale? No. Oh wait, yes, yes I did. Yeah. And it was fantastic. So good. So good. And Ooh. Agent Carter. And yes. it's coming back. Yes, I'm so happy. Hooray. Yes, so happy. So it's like it's like Mad Men, mm-hmm. but superhero. And with gadgets and, and cool. With cool gadgets. Tony Stark's dad. And not everybody's smoking, even fake smoking, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it doesn't have to be Mad Men. It can just be uh, awesome. Yeah, and Tony Stark's dad. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And Peggy Carter and the guy who plays Jarvis, and it's all good. Oh, it's so good. That's it's... his voice the whole time. No, wait. Uh... Oh, the guy who played uh, the Vision. Right, no, that's not him. It's, uh, um, I think it's a different guy, but it's, it's the, the guy, guy from, from the movies. Da Vinci Code. I don't know. But he his does. name's Paul. <laughs> and uh, I believe his name is Paul. And uh, I like to call him Paul. 
<laughs> but I was glad we're on a first name basis. Yeah, I, I like what they did with the vision. Oh, it was and I, so great. And I'm okay with the cinematic universe not having the same continuity. Yeah. A lot of people have some trouble with that, or yeah. some people do. And I was like, no, whatever. It's all good. <laughs> it's super fun. Inhumans, the, mutants, the, whatever, whatever the, you need to the do. The knowledge stone is that what it was called? The mind stone. Oh, the mind stone. Yeah, one oh, of the infinity. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. You're oh. like, nope, not really. Because they who cares? they brought him in, and then I was like, oh my gosh. He's such a fun character. He's super fun. I have this comic from like 92, 93, and I hadn't read it until last year or the year before. And it was um, the Vision and Scarlet Witch, and it was oh, like wow. a Halloween um, Oh, right, because they one. date? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they're like married, and they have this house. <laughs> and, um, they have a house. Oh, That's hilarious. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, Vision? Oh, yeah, he's like an android, but he also kind of feels... And then, and then they brought him into this movie, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's oh yes. It's Scarlet Witch. Yeah. And they're both doing it. And then that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that arcade game with um, Captain America and the Avengers, do you remember Yeah, yeah, that oh, the, like, it's sort of like Gauntlet. <laughs> it's yeah. four player. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. With Iron Cap Man, Cap Iron Man, Cap Cap maybe? Captain America, I think so. Mm-hmm. Iron Man, Captain America, Hawkeye, and Vision. Okay. And I remember Vision? being Vision was always cool because you could like fly and you're like floating around the Six screen. Six button and... configura- configuration. I only played the five button ones. I played the Mortal Kombat. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I, I didn't mind Killer Instinct, which was also I think a six button configuration. Yeah. But it's a different. It's a different killer move. Kill moves with a, with a six button. Yeah. yeah <laughs> 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 oh. All my all my video game references are easily fifteen twenty five. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. I'm, now I'm playing all iPad games. So it's all good. <laughs> I remember playing Mortal Kombat two in the arcade. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I played. I watched a guy win Mortal Kombat Ultimate, and then we went and saw the first Mortal Kombat movie. Oh. It was at the Mall of America, 1912. Whatever the fucking thing came out. So I we were all at the arcade. Everybody was at the. There was like like a hundred people in the mm-hmm. arcade and this one guy he beat every dude and he mm-hmm. and then we and I sat behind him on purpose <laughs> at the movies and uh we lost our minds <laughs> when uh Liu Kang like did the flip and yeah. when Raiden was I was like Mortal I own Mortal Kombat the first movie because it is an awesome movie. It's really great. And Mortal Kombat two? That was good. Yeah. Same. Johnny Cage though throwing his sunglasses. That was great. <laughs> It's a, I mean, it's Tron, but yeah. it's, it, for some, the writing, the plot's worse in Mortal Kombat, <laughs> the writing's better in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. The plot's better in Tron, the writing, it blows. Yeah. Did you see the new Tron? I didn't. Andy worked on uh, the video game. Oh, for cool. For the iPhone. He worked on the cycle game. Oh, that's awesome. Disney, yeah. Yeah. The, I loved the sequel. Oh, did you? So many people. Oh, good. Didn't like it. Well, I'm you like, gotta go in with. <sighs> Lower your expectations. Yeah, folks. Child... how can I lower the stakes? Yeah, go it's in. Trying. Go in with childlike wonder. Yeah. Yes, entirely. <laughs> entirely. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Um. So, this has been a good episode. Do you want to pl- do you want to plug stuff? Well, there's JackieCation.com. There's DorkForest.com. There's FamilyPetAncestry.com, which I bought because it made me laugh. But it just points to JackieCation.com. FamilyPetAncestry.com. And TheDorkForest.com. Someone was like, you should buy TheDorkForest.com. And I was like, what am I, made of $8? And uh, it's completely insane that I would own that as well. But what, uh, um, when does this go out? This is going to go out uh, June 26th. 
Okay, so June, I think that'll be after I've been at Anime Con. I'm doing a con live York Forest. So how did um, it go? How did it go? I'm sure it went well. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's super fun. <laughs> live York Forest at Acon. And then I'm supposed to go to Gen Con uh, in Indianapolis at the end of July. The gaming convention. But I'm still trying to figure out if Crackers Comedy Club is going to bring me there. Oh. Um, so that I don't have to shell out a grand. Maybe uh, this will push you over the edge. It's my turn. <laughs> book me! What's wrong, Ruthann? Will the club be open? Because they're moving to a new to a new venue, so it's really neat. Oh. But it's also really hard, so they have to organize the whole damn thing and yeah. figure it out. So anyway, but thanks for having me, Doug. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So this has been You and Me and Thoughts and Talk with Doug Culp and Jackie Cation. Jackie Cation. <laughs>